0: the bubble episode 9.5 i am montana samuels he is mike bonner and mike today is the greatest day of the entire year any thoughts on that i would disagree but i'll let you have your day so today is the start of march madness mike is an obvious pessimist because he doesn't see the value in that He filled it, but, but he filled out his bracket for the first time in a few years, first time in a few years, actually, just because, uh, I had stopped filling out brackets because it wasn't fun. I was rooting for the bracket rather than just enjoying the games. Right. So, um, rather than doing that, I personally have been listening to a lot of college basketball content about brackets and the tournament, who's going to win what first round game, who's the Cinderella to watch. And Rather than doing something like that, because neither of us are necessarily college basketball experts by any means, um, Mike and I decided we would uh, be talking about a different uh, topic that affects college hoops a little bit. Not a little... It affects college hoops a lot, especially recently. Just college athletics, really. Right. Uh, Yeah, the the revenue sports, football and basketball, men's college basketball. Specifically those two. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Do you want to? We talked through this a little bit yesterday, but I thought a couple of points. So, this is obviously stemming off of the FBI investigation that's going on um, against a lot of college basketball programs. Um, The one that's most notorious at this point is Sean Miller, DeAndre Ayton, and the Arizona Wildcats team. For those who don't know, um, ESPN published reporting that said they had a source that had wiretaps of Sean Miller speaking to an agent about paying DeAndre Ayton $100,000 to come to Arizona. So what that kind of spurned in us is a little bit of a, or spawned in us rather is a little bit of a discussion about um, what would happen if, or just I, I suppose really the discussion about pay in college athletes what would happen if why will it not work why will the NCAA and Mark Emmert never do this so do you want to kind of talk through some of those sure so in my past life I covered college athletics for about five years and it's definitely a conversation that is is had in places where college athletics are basically the pro sports Mm -hmm. of that area and basically you have march madness everyone fails out brackets it's a billion dollar industry the college football playoff college bowl games billion mm-hmm. dollar industry and the players who are generate who why people are watching is because of the players mm-hmm. they are not paid um a salary or right. anything like that they are they receive a stipend like a tra- it's like a travel stipend, right? It's, no, it's basically almost a cost of living okay. stipend because they really can't work, right? So the universities give them some, you know, money, okay, and it's basically just a check, and the players can use whatever they want on that. Uh, the problem is a lot of the players don't use it wisely, or I guess I, guess I should say some of them don't use it wisely. Mm-hmm. It can be used as a down payment for a car or uh, a mattress or a stereo system or whatever, and then right. once you loot it, it's not like you're going to get more. It's You have that one check and that's it. So, And it's not very much money, comparatively speaking, to the amount of money that the NCAA is making off of these huge decon- money de- TV deals with CBS or Turner or whoever it may be, ESPN. Right. Do you know off the top of your head a ballpark of how much that stipend is? Does it differ based from university to university? It does. It does? It does, okay. yes. It, it matters because it's the cost of living. Right. It's, it, oh, okay. So, it, it so depends. if you're going to like, not to say NYU has like a right. massive athletics program. Like right, and actually the school itself can decide, and that was actually a big topic within the SEC when I covered the SEC was i think auburn has a very high uh mm-hmm. cost of attending i guess cost of attending okay. is probably the better term to use and there were some people that were nervous or outraged that schools with higher cost of attendance sure would draw athletes there which i don't really it, it's the difference isn't it's not a whole extra, lot and i yeah. don't really think coaches are going out there promoting look you can look at the size 50 of 50 more bucks yeah exactly <laughs> that's not it and really it, it kind of hides the overall point of what we're talking about here is there's this huge pool of money mm-hmm. that athletic directors are using school presidents are using mm-hmm. coaches are really coaches are the ones that are really getting the most of it because athletic directors right. don't make as much as coaches where you look as you can bring up a map and we can this these maps aren't necessarily hidden we can actually post it on our on the the pod Mm -hmm. you look at really outside the northeast outside of new england really uh well connecticut falls in this this category Mm -hmm. but states the highest paid state employee in each state is usually a basketball or football coach. Really? Oh yeah, no, yeah, that's right. I remember who there was like a big story about that or something. Really the only people yeah. that don't are are I think Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, Rhode Island and Maine. Okay. New York as so well. So like the Northeast, yeah. And New, New York falls in that category, I think only because Syracuse is a private university. okay. Oh, so they're not okay. he's not Jim Beheim is not a public right. employee. But really yeah, when I when I cover Mississippi, uh, Dan Mullen, former coach of Mississippi State, uh, and Hugh Freeze, the former coach of Ole Miss, each were making five plus million. And that's easily, I imagine, Mississippi and the highest state employee. State, yeah, oh yeah, not even close. Not even close, yeah. Nick Saban, I think, makes eleven million somewhere yeah probably and he is a state employee well i know like kevin Stallings, who famously went like uh when in 18 in the acc at pittsburgh this year recently fired i believe his he's still owed 10 million dollars after being fired this is a man who went oh in 18 in his conference
1: right yeah and
0: we're talking millions million yes you know and it, it the thing that i always found weird was and we're again we're just Getting into kind of the rights of players and right. coaches and the, where the money goes, but you have these coaches who can leave at the drop of a hat, regardless of what they want to yep. do. Um, there is some buyouts and such, but the money's there. Usually the school that is attracting will buy the coach right. out. Where players, uh, they can theoretically transfer, but the school can deny entrance to. So you can say then you, you can, have to sit out. You have to sit out a year. And also, if the school wants to, like, say you're a Kansas can, basketball yep. player, I can say, Montana, you can transfer out of Kansas, but you cannot transfer to a Big 12 school, right? which is absurd. Or, like you said, just completely bar them from trans- – I mean, you've seen quite a few instances where players are just basically being held out by the school that will deny them a transfer clearance. Which doesn't make any sense. So, really, there's there's – the argument that I have heard and – there's there, there is an argument to why players aren't players aren't paid is well one amateurism i mean that's the number that, one yeah and we'll get into amateurism for sure and two a lot of people like to say they get a free education that's where they're getting paid is their their education which i argue yeah really isn't true because a lot of these places specifically football uh the schedule is so demanding to play football mm-hmm. that or really any sport um that they don't allow them to major in what they want. I know when oh, yeah. I was at Syracuse and this is just Syracuse, which isn't even a huge powerhouse football school, they couldn't, um, football players couldn't major. in. Uh, I think it was McCann. No, it are civil engineering. They had to, okay. uh, major in another form of engineering because they just, the, the, the schedules load. wouldn't work. I was at Mississippi state when coaches would say <laughs> it was the summer, um, and they said, "Well, we got to get all this working before the distraction of school comes in. The distraction of school." And they right. said it wasn't like it was off the record. This was on the record. We got to get this stuff in before you know classes, which are distractions, enter. But you know, there's student athletes. and Student, student athlete student comes first. Student comes first. Student in comes first. The minds first in the of coaches, athletes. It. I, I think so. I think one of the bigger points to this is the notion of amateurism, especially because the the FBI investigation sort of jump-started this summer when uh, Rick Pitino was fired um, and a few other people were even arrested based off of the Adidas money claims. So um, I think the amateurism aspect comes into play because the NCAA and Mark Emmert really want to uphold this guise that these are student athletes and these are not professionals right they're making a lot of money off that's why i think right yeah. <laughs> so that I, I think that's sort of you spoke to the the amount of bargaining power that student athletes have because coaches and schools have not only the power but they also have the financial element to Do. the lack of bargaining power right the exact the lack of bargaining power and i think to to me the amateurism concept is is the big one because you can't like i think and the FBI and the big—I think it was the Yahoo piece—they were talking about um, the other big man for Duke, whose name I'm completely blanking on right now. The uh, not Marvin Bagley, but his mother was taken out to dinner. She got dinner paid for, and now this is some sort of like this is some sort of big deal where like Duke could he could lose eligibility or something like this. It's it, there's a lot, yeah, and usually dinners and stuff if it's an official visit are paid um, when you take an official the room and board and the meals are paid usually by the university up to a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Um, if it exceeds an amount per person, then, then it becomes a violation, which really usually isn't it. That's not a major violation, uh, paying for a meal. Uh, it, it's a right. violation. Wendell Carter-, it wouldn't be Carter Jr. By the way, Wendell Carter, it wouldn't be a major violation, but I think, you know, there's a lot of, uh, sketchiness that can go into college right. athletics because a lot of people believe that payers are being played and payers players are being paid right uh under the table and we've you know heard of bag men that you know hand the brown paper bag right. of cash to the players and you know what happens there it's difficult to trace and i think that's where some of the people come in and say, well, who cares if they pay them? And I, I think I'm one of the per- people that believe that college athletes should be paid mm-hmm. because there's an awful lot of money being made off of the players. Yeah. T- millions of billions of dollars. Yeah. I believe March I think, Madness this year took is projected to take in $977 million. That number, it, it's right. ballpark in that. I think the question and the, re- like, instead of debating, I don't think there's any debate. I really don't um, regarding paying players. I think the debate comes when how would you do it? Right. I think that's and that that to me is actually a good reason as to why you don't do it right now because I don't know how you necessarily would because the amateurism Mm -hmm. really means in this aspect fair in theory you know let where is because if you started paying players there's no question the kentuckys of the world can pay more than the loyolas of the world right so i think that's in this bracket that we have here uh in front of us in theory all the teams are equal because they're all part of the same sure thing it's difficult because i don't because they're not like in in one aspect yes in theory they are all the same because they can't pay different salaries. There's not a, a Yankees or a a, a raise type of sure. situation. However, it already is a Yankees and a raise situation because Kentucky's facilities are a million times better than even right. Gonzaga's. And now that's that's where you bring in. Um, there's a couple points I want to expand on from what you said, but I think now is the important. Time to bring in the. We talked yesterday about the impact of boosters versus bagmen. Can you sort of explain to people why the booster is of utmost importance in this specific system that's currently in place? Yeah, I, technically they're they're both pretty important. Um, well, ch- sure, <laughs> but really, uh, so the boosters. Uh, every school has boosters, yeah. you know, and it's not only every, athletic, from athletic, Harvard yeah. to Kansas. It's to not only work. athletic, you know. Mm-hmm. Foundations, any library that you went in, whether the person, the donor, really, right. a, a booster is a donor. Just technically, athletic donors are right. called boosters, the uh, booster club, and all this other stuff, uh, which is also an interesting aspect. If you were to FOIA Mississippi mm-hmm. State, uh, the con- the college coach's contract is only like five hundred thousand dollars because the Bulldog Club, the Booster Club, pays for the remainder of it. So while his state salary is really, it was damn it was like five million. Uh-huh technically Only under the contract five hundred thousand dollars. so they kind of make it look better than it than it is or right. whatever but regardless boosters you know they're the ones who are getting uh generating the uh the funding for new stadiums new mm-hmm. weight rooms uh, i think alabama i believe it was has a barber shop in there uh, the university of kansas uh basketball dorms have a barber shop in there so. right uh golf i think clemson added a mini golf course wow uh <laughs> and and really you know, I was talking to a coach one time, uh, a Division One college head football coach, and he he told me that those things aren't for the players because when you're on campus, you don't have time to. Right, they're for recruits. They're for recruits. They're to like, wow, look at that's cool. I'm going to do that, and then they get to the school, and it's like, man, there's no time to play mini golf. <laughs> yeah, no, like when are we playing? mini-golf, So mini it's golf? just like one it's, in a, the it's a recruiting aspect. So really, when you look at, and I'm glad you brought that up. When you look at recruiting, if a and if they paid the players, mm-hmm. in theory, we'll say a Kentucky uh, that basically sells out, has the most attendance every single year forever. Um, and I'm looking, and we'll even go with a number, you know, uh, a number, f- what is Kentucky, is five seed? Kentucky's a five seed. So player. their budget is going to be much higher than Xavier, who is mm-hmm. a number one seed. And right now, their facilities are much better than Xavier, so they're right. still going to get the five-star guys, and Xavier's still going to have to get you know the the occasional five and then the, the three and the fours to to survive. It's just it is what it is. So I don't know how much how do you pay the players because it's different. I don't know if it's much different than it is now in terms of flash. Right, and see, I think that's an important point you bring up because the so I was part of uh part of this sort of got um spearheaded by an article i read on deadspin by patrick hubry sorry if i mispronounced that but he made the point that paying players in the notion that kentucky can pay players more than a gonzaga is no different than any other job in the entire world like if you work at goldman sachs you're going to make more money than if you work at a like a local insurance company in your hometown right And it's not necessarily, like, if you look at the bracket this year, like you said, Xavier doesn't get the types of recruits. Kentucky and Duke have the best recruits. Neither of those teams are a number one seed, whereas if you look at Xavier and even Kansas, a lot of those guys, like, Devontae Graham committed to Appalachian State last year. Frank Mason, the National Player of the Year, was committed to Towson before he got out of it. These guys aren't five-star guys who would be uh, coming into millions of dollars or something like that, if they were paid, they're more of like a, this is a long-term, where you're going to be a senior who like, let's say hypothetically, you were to pay them would come at some sort of a discount for what you would get in terms of the player. So I don't necessarily think the notion, I think that the fairness argument is often brought out by people who think the notion of paying players will cut into their bottom line. And I think it's sort of the sheet being pulled over the heads of your everyday, like, Twitter sportscaster or something like that, where it's like, oh, if you pay the players, it's going to turn into professional sports. And it's like, well, it already is. Right. I mean, the big thing, like, I think the reason amateurism is sort of the the biggest sticking point for people like Mark Emmert is that if you allow shoe companies to come in and just say like, okay, like rather than giving, like rather than mandating an Adidas school or a Nike school's players wear the same brand of shoes and you allow Marvin Bagley to take a Nike deal, you would just essentially be declaring that this is a farm system, which it is. I think the perspective that I always, the, Kind of the glass shattering moment for sure. me was in covering the SEC. We'd have to write our yearly uh, story about the revenues of sure. each school, and uh, within the same conference, you know, the SEC is, in a lot of ways, the best conference in the United States in terms of uh, just athletics. Um, yeah across the board I'd say that's that's probably pretty accurate. Uh and you look at Texas A&M actually when you when you think of the SEC Texas A&M maybe isn't the first school that comes up. No, your No, former head. Big 12 school. Yeah, but uh their revenue and this is from uh 2015-2016 revenue. Mm-hmm. They and I just lost it. They made 194 million dollars from to say the years again, 15 from- and 16. So okay. the 15-16 uh year a uh, 194 million and their expenses was 137 million. Okay, so they're making they made about 57 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, now and it goes straight back into the women's swim team. <laughs> uh, now Mississippi State, same conference, so we're not talking about you know it's not mid major versus major, right? This conference. is the same league, they participate in the same sports. Mississippi State made 97 million mm-hmm. in revenue but their expenses were 94, oh, excuse me. I was looking at Missouri, which is actually probably a better example. Uh, (laughs) But we'll just go with Mississippi State and then I really want to kind of focus on Missouri. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mississippi State made 94.9 million Mm -hmm. and their expenses were 84.7 million. Right. So about 10 million, uh, which is one-sixth of Texas Uh, A&M. And then you look at Missouri, another former Big 12 team, Ninety seven yep. million, ninety seven point two compared to expenses of ninety four point three. So they're less than three million. Right. How do you compete in the same conference when AM is right. making sixty million and is making th- less than three? Right. So right now I would argue that it's it's it's, it's not already evil. uneven. It, in the same conference. It, right. I mean if you think about it, if you even Butler, Butler is traditionally they're now in is Butler in the American Athletic Conference now, I believe I believe they are, so if you look at Butler, this is traditionally like a pretty good basketball program. Brad Stevens, who's now the head coach of the Boston Celtics, was there. They were like a mid major darling up until that point if if you're going with the notion that you cannot compete unless you can offer the same amount of money that schools with rather large endowments or big basketball donors can just look at Butler as an example of being able to compete despite the fact that they don't have the same types of facilities that even a Syracuse has that. Right. I mean, you're not getting the types of big money recruits like a Malik monk or like a Nerlens Noel's never going to step foot on the campus of Butler, but they're still competing. So I, th- yeah, it's just sort of a, I think that's a, that's a false notion that's sort of been disproven over and over again. The, the most it, public school, the, the most fam- uh, famous public school in Massachusetts is University of Massachusetts. Sure. Uh their revenue in 1516 was 42 million, 42.3 and their expenses was 42.7. So they're losing money. Right. And this is all this is all football. This is all football driven because they see yep. A&M what they can do. Uh Rhode Island uh 26.6, 26.1, so about $500,000. Mm-hmm. So that that's where the the discussion comes in. Well, if you're paying players, right. UMass Rhode Island can't they, they right. literally cannot. Um, but in the SEC, in the ACC, uh, they they certainly can. I'm looking at the— and, and worth noting here, Mike, Rhode Island, a seven seed in this year's NCAA tournament. Texas A&M, with the financial element that we just discussed, <laughs> also a number seven seed. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's not like these schools aren't competing already. Same seed. Same exact seed. Some would, million. Argue, some would argue that Texas Tech's going to get knocked out in the first round by Providence, whereas Oklahoma, uh, Rhode Island will beat Oklahoma. And then you look—I guarantee you—if you look at the spread from Providence's endowment to Oklahoma, a massive football school's not endowment, but their finan- the finances we're talking about, Providence and Oklahoma are nowhere near each other either. Looking at Texas Tech was eighty-two point nine million uh, rev- revenue uh, and expenses was seventy-eight point five. So uh, yeah, they're making um, about four million. I want that one popped up and, uh, but it, it, it's complicated mm-hmm. because here's where things are complicated. I was in the ACC and I kind of really misspoke and I said, you know, the ACC can you know pay their players and blah blah blah. Florida State, the top grossing te- revenue, mm-hmm. one hundred and thirteen point seven million. They actually lost two million dollars. One hundred and fifteen. Oh, excuse, nope, never mind. They made two million. I was. Oh, no, they, yeah, they lost. They lost? Yeah, they made $113.7 and their expenses was one hundred fifteen point six. Now, is that total total for the athletic department? Total expenses, yeah. Okay. Uh, revenue. And, and is this – so let, let me ask this question because you have a bit more knowledge in, in terms of um, how donors play into um, – so, so essentially, how do donors balance out this imbalance? So Florida State – technically lost money last year in the athletic department how do what how much do uh boosters play in to balance that with things like okay you can't afford to build a new practice facility we will pay to build you one just put my name on the building i think that's a lot of this is that right i don't you know the expenses are part of um so I think you're correct in that where Mississippi State just built a new baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. Um I forget how much it cost. It was it was in I think you know the nine figure range. Mm-hmm. Uh much better than McCoy Stadium. I, I mean right. the the current stadium they was but be- these minor these college baseball stadiums in the ACC Atlantic Coast Conference and the sec. oh they're incredible. Are they better than minor yeah, league baseball incredible. stadiums? And my favorite uh, Alex Box Stadium, LSU. Yeah, you ever LSU. been there? LSU. I have not unfortunately i've been That's a nice one to a tiger stadium the football oh okay uh, yeah but yeah it's part of its financing like anything else and then part of it is also um donor you know they need to get some donors in, and their their baseball legacy is quite Substan- substantial yeah substantial so rafael palmero jonathan pa- Pavel Bond, right um, some of the other names are escaping me right now will the clark short, the shortstop uh who's what the hell is what's his name Mississippi state Oh, you were saying... I thought you were talking LSU. No, LSU. Alex Bregman is the... I think Alex part Bregman. Of the person yeah, think yeah. Of LSU. But yeah, so it's just... It's like anything else. It's like a fundraiser for anything the city wants to do. You just need... Right. You know, you got to generate that and that'll help along with, you know, your usual kind of paying for items and such. Right. And actually, there, there's a story. We'll link this story too. I found it. Uh, it'll kind of explain the the inner workings of the bag men um a friend of mine Stephen godfrey wrote uh in 2014 meet the Bagman: how mm. to buy college football players in the words of a man who delivers the money wow. so it was an it yeah. was an interesting read uh some shadiness and oh, unnamed sure. sources going on not necessarily in part shadiness in the reporting but right. these bag men are invisible so to well, speak well it's worth noting this is sort of as we see in many different industries when, when you have this type of Uh, authoritarianistic system in place where it's Mark Emmert, what Mark Emmert says is what happens in the NCAA. There's no budge. It's his, his his word. Um, It's ripe to create this kind of underbelly that you see where your brain, I mean, you look at what Louisville was happening they were having like strippers on campus and it was like anything you could do that was under the radar to get big, big name recruits to come to your school. And it's not that out of the ordinary in terms of what Miami uh, was doing back... SMU, uh, UNLV. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's money and power. That's it, and it's, yeah, which is sort of the and, ir- ironic part to it because you're essentially, by having this system of amateurism, you're trying to make it not about money and power, but by doing it, you've just created a system where money and power will, I would argue now it's probably a bigger deal like i would say now if you're able to pay a player say say deandre and really got a hundred thousand dollars he probably didn't even consider another school if that was like his highest offer he was probably just like yeah that makes sense you're gonna give me a hundred thousand dollars for me to be on campus for eight months and they only have to go to school for half the year because once the season's over he's leaving right and you're you're yeah you don't obviously he's not graduating so the spring semester doesn't mean as much so right really have to go and class that worth mentioning this is not a condemnation of any players who are in this system right now we're not like condemning anyone who's like you i i personally am not of the school of thought where like this is that big of a deal i think the it, it's kind of a beast feeding the beast type of thing right it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger because of the money we were talking about you're paying these coaches uh, a lot of money. The athletic department is making a lot of money—60 million dollars. Uh, you look at A&M. So there's when you have that much money in play, there's there's incentive to blow the lines. There's incentives to yeah. cut corners of the rules because there's that much money. If you're a coach and you're making 11 million dollars a year, or say even five million dollars a year, which right. is weirdly enough like average in a pretty average, yeah, <laughs> in, in a major conference. There is incentive. That's five million dollars that you're yeah. making uh, to to cut corners. Let's let's spend a little bit talking about what this looks like from the player's perspective. So a couple of theories have been brought up when it comes to the notion of being able to pay players one is that the school provides them like a bigger stipend something for like being on the team rather than to like like you talked about how the school can offer you like a cost of living stipend one that's like okay you're on the basketball team like here's your cut whatever another notion is just to get rid of the amateurism rule and let players sign a contract with nike or gatorade or like a lo- do a local television spot or for god's sake maybe even just operate their own independent youtube channel like that yeah, kicker from yeah. ucf was yeah. it ucf or usf i can't remember but yeah i know like yeah they, they cannot use their likeness at all like even if they right. they can't sell any of their shoes they can't sell any of their jerseys they can't sell any of their autographs they can't get a yeah they probably they can't, can't even start a podcast no, if they're going to use their name to promote it, they can. not If they were to get a sponsored a sponsor on the podcast, they need could to, not. I don't think it even needs to be a sponsor. Really? If I think if they're if they're using, they can have. Uh, let's say that Joe Smith is a football player. Mm. They can have a Joe Smith podcast, but they can't say, "Come listen to the Joe Smith podcast." The kicker or the quarterback for this, because they're okay. using their likeness as a student athlete to make money. Okay, yeah, so. I, I think it would be interesting to hear. And and the interesting aspect is it doesn't even matter if they're doing it. So if Joe Smith is the quarterback of State University sure, and State University's fan wants to make T-shirts of Joe Smith mm-hmm. and puts Smith on the back of the T-shirt and then oh, sells yeah, those T-shirts. Yeah, right. The, the, Joe Smith has never met this person. Right. doesn't even know who he is. But if Joe Smith, the quarterback, doesn't stop the crazy person from sp- – printing, he will lose eligibility because someone is profiting off of his name. Right. So he has to then, actually this happened at Mississippi State, Dak Prescott, someone was using Dak's name to print t-shirts. Dak had to sue that person to stop him because if he didn't, Dak Prescott would have lost eligibility, even though he had nothing to do with anything. And this is another instance of uh, a hypocritical system of the NCAA because... Just, we I brought up this point yesterday. So you can't a fan or Dak Prescott himself can't make like a Dak Prescott t-shirt. Right. But by all means, Adidas, go ahead and sell that number four Kansas Jersey without Devonte Graham's name on the back of it. It's totally not anything to do with Devonte Graham. It just so happens that you're selling it in 2018 and Devonte Graham is number four in place on the university of Kansas basketball team in 2018. Oh yeah. No, it, it's, it, you're, you're, you are right on where, um, I think it was 2015 was Dak Prescott's final season at Mississippi state and they sold 15 jerseys and they were like, no, no, no. It's just cause it's the year 2015. Right. I'm like, all right. Yeah, sure. sure. Cause sure, it was, sure. it was an, it was the number one item on everyone's Christmas list was that 15. Let me ask this question. Did they sell a number 16 jersey in 2016? No, well you had to keep it. Cause it was <laughs> that, they were just had all the overloads of 15. So right. yeah. It, so, So you brought up an interesting point when we were talking through this yesterday about how, and your thoughts, if you were to get rid of amateurism altogether, it sort of dilutes the point that people are trying to make with paying players because it just forces people who already don't really have enough time to get the college education that they're being given through their full ride scholarship. You're forcing them to do more work if they're mm-hmm. required to make money via a YouTube channel mm-hmm. or which isn't necessary. Like if you want to do a YouTube channel, have a YouTube channel. I think that's, It's kind of, it's heinous that he lost eligibility, worth Mm -hmm. noting. He didn't stop the YouTube. But so talk through your point of how that's sort of, that shouldn't be what we're searching for. Yeah, I don't see the, I think student athletes already don't have much time as it is. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason to make them try to earn or profit off of their successes on the court or field or whatever it may be in other avenues because you're making them do another job whether it's you know selling a pizza that you know hey come to joe's pizza because right it's great that's taking up time and i also i don't think it would work because one it's taking up time two that pizza place isn't making billions of dollars it's not making 60 million dollars exactly or even two three million dollars uh and two um I don't think it would work because coaches already now have so much power that, and this will transition to an argument which I think actually could could change. You know, this is how maybe you would keep college amateur status alive, and then also pay players in a different arena. Mm-hmm. You would be viewed as a distraction. You know, why are you trying to do you know this commercial? Why are you right. trying to get paid when it's about the team? Team first, right. team first, you second. Sort like, of like college athletic culture, right? I think it's a, I think it's it's a athletic culture you know right. like, no no distractions well, you gotta yeah focus. you look at somebody yeah. like colin kaepernick or marcus peter right or, it's a distraction right. you know you've got a team first um i think the it, the opportunity which why that popped in my head was because when brennan jennings went over and played in europe mm-hmm. before he just for past college and said hey I, i'll just go make money and the first uh, the first person to do so worth right. noting. Yeah. and he had a stigma oh he's he's you know, he's thinking yeah. about himself. He's not part of a team. He's, I don't think he was a lottery pick. I think he was just he outside dropped, think, the lottery because of it, because yeah. of the stigma on him. Um, he's so like there's a top top not 10 recruit. Yeah. So it's really a monopoly. You have to stick in right. the college because the NBA will view you as, because the NBA doesn't want you to leave because it's, it's a farm system for them that they're getting the best coaches, yeah. the best system. You can watch them on TV every night. It helps them. Easy scouting. Yeah, it's a monopoly. You have to stay here. I think the way you change that, the way that you know, you can pay players, is what. Oh, drop your hot take. Drop your hot take. It's not really hot. T- it's what it's what LeVar Ball is doing and <laughs> creating a an, an option. I don't think having options is never a bad thing. Right. Now maybe LeVar Ball doesn't succeed in this, but I think having An opportunity where players can, we, we, I mean, we talk, I've been to numerous, uh, educational events while working at the standard times. Mm -hmm. And some people say, you know, college is great, but it's not for everybody, right? College is great, but it's not for LeBron James. And he's doing, wasn't for Kevin Garnett really well for himself. Kevin Garnett's doing really well for himself. It wasn't even for Kwame Brown and Kwame Brown's doing okay. Guy had like a ten-year career and was the worst number one pick in history. So there, there should be an option for players who don't want to go to college, and by the they don't want to go to college, so they're not necessarily going to class, and they're not there to study. They're there to go to the NBA, right? So no one that, can blame them and, for that. And that's the important part to make here. It we really are the, the reason people get so up, up, upset and concerned about how college basketball. College basketball and college football, primarily athletes, are being treated. Is that they are not allowed to do the same things that normal college students w- would are allowed to do? But they're making more money for the university than almost anyone on campus is, and and they're just it, it's a guys where it's they're just, I don't know it, we should like, we should explain too and we kind of glossed over this but the NBA has a rule that you need to be uh, it's a an one age and, rule so yeah. you have to be. Um, and actually, it goes through actually all sports. This isn't just the NBA. You need to be go to college at least one year. No, no, no. It doesn't. So in baseball, you can go out of high school or junior college. But if you go to a four-year institution, you have to go three years. I was going to get, okay. get there. Okay. Um, because actually, but in baseball, it's, again, more options. You can get drafted. Now, if NBA, uh, you have to go one year. Rather new rule. NFL, you have to uh, go at least three you have to be in school for at least 3 years removed from your right. your uh high school, high school class then you can go. In both the N- in both the NBA and the NFL drafts, if you declare for the draft and sign with an agent, oh, you lose it. You lose and, and actually at some point in time if you even if you don't sign with an agent and you keep your name in there, you're done. Yeah, you have to with so the NBA or I don't even know who's, who who have have is with the NCAA or the NBA. You can go to the combine now. But you have There's still a to, deadline. There is a deadline. You my have to point, remove your name. My yeah. point being in baseball, as a high school student, you can you be can drafted, drafted, and then you can say, no, I'm going to school. You can also go to a junior college for one year or two right. years, and then enter your, or, well, you don't even enter your name in the draft. The team just drafts you, and right. then you can choose to the sign. The point being there's options there. You can be drafted, and then you have some leverage as a as an, as an a high school player. You have leverage and say, no, that contract's not good enough for me. Right. I'm going to go and, to school. Hmm, wouldn't you know it. Of those three sports, which one makes the least amount of money? Football. Oh, what do you mean, for players or for for no, 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 for the university? Oh, base yeah, baseball. Hmm. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. So you mean to tell me the sport that doesn't make that much money for the school allows kids to go after 1, 2? Zero years out of college? And I, I think there's really no reason for the NBA. It, uh, there, there just really isn't. Um, and the NFL, they claim that it's a... Safety. It's a safety, yeah. the physical nature of it. But if you change the rule, then younger players are going to go in the NFL. And it is... it is For the NFL, it's more of a union kind of issue because the union doesn't want it to change. Right. Because then the younger players will kick the older players out. You, where the, the NBA is really not poor. really... It, it's a similar thing, but... It, it, the I think, it'll feed itself the well, be, the better players will make teams the 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 players who aren't ready aren't gonna make teams well and that's the thing right so like the, I think the NBA really did it just because they were sick of getting burned by guys like Kwame Brown a, yeah. and Darko Milicic who's like okay yeah you draft a 17 year old from like your I can't remember what country Darko Milicic was playing in, but yeah it didn't work out and you picked him over Carmelo Anthony probably a bad move that's not the fault of the 17-year-old. Right, and that's the, where the weird self-fulfilling prophecy of the NBA is. If you actually did your scouting properly right. and drafted the right players, but you always take the high-risk, high-reward guys, and a lot of times the high-risk, high-reward guys don't pay off, but you're drafting high schoolers extremely high, right. so what are you sending a message to the high schoolers that we want high schoolers? So right. don't take the high schooler then. Well, and it's something something worth mentioning now. There's some a couple of um, – Players have found a lo- another loophole in that system that doesn't require them to go to, uh, to go overseas or go to college. Thon Maker was the first to do this. There's a, uh, class of 2018 kid this year who's doing it as well. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but, um, you go to a year of prep school. So you go, say, I think Thon, I don't know which prep school Thon Maker went to, but say you go to like an IMG academy after your senior year of high school. IMG is a, uh, prep, like, Basically like a college basketball haven in uh Florida where you just go and you play basketball and like maybe you go to class. Can <laughs> you go to the NBA though? <laughs> yep, Thon Maker did it. Thon maker got drafted and that okay. was his thing. So now um let me try to find um which then is another layer of the just to show kind of the business of it is even covering recruiting, there are some players that you don't know if they'll be going to college this year or next year because they can register they can either take their time in high school and delay it one year mm-hmm. or they'll, you know, speed up and take, you know, summer classes to to get there earlier. So it's yeah, it's like, I, I've been at, you know, Mississippi State or well, I just SEC practices. It's not like Mississippi State is right. New. It's, it's a whole college wide thing where it's now very much uh, encouraged for high schoolers to skip their last, you know, graduate early, graduate in December from high school and then report on campus in spring so you can then get the spring practices in for that that extra 15 – that's really what it is, like 15 practices under your belt. Right. I'm still trying to find this. Mississippi State's current uh, quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald, he uh, did not go to – he enrolled in Mississippi State his senior year of high school. So Mm. uh, all the things that happened in the spring prom, all that stuff, he he did not go to. Oh, right. And, I mean, you're watching – I obviously have a I'm a fan of the University of Kansas but you look at the University of Kansas this year and they have Silvio D'Souza who was he should basically still be in playing in some weird like springtime basketball tournament with his high school but Kansas was short on big men after Billy Preston declared that he was going overseas rather than continue to fight his eligibility battle. And now Silvio D'Souza is playing big minutes for the university of Kansas because they essentially needed another big man. And we praise baseball, but we should also point out that, uh, while in the United States amateur player draft makes some sense, the nonsensical aspect of baseball comes in with the international players where they can sign players as early as 16, which yeah, not really sure. It, It, I guess you could probably have a world draft that would probably make the most sense in well, every and that, eligible player that right. can be drafted is just drafted now. But yeah, but the the, the other aspect of that is your amateur, your draft money, you get a certain amount of pool money, and then you get amateur, uh, excuse me, international money as well. So you'd be going into two different pools. And then of course, yeah, it's another union issue, but, um, right. And you know, I also, there. I, I just found the name of the, uh, player i was trying to so anthony the reason i mentioned img is because th- this makes sense anthony simons is a guard in uh this year's draft class projected to go 25th overall and uh he's at img right now so his loophole was that he went to a year prep school um rather than going to college so and, it's and then i think yeah sometimes you said mentioned 25 25th overall and he's specifically going there play basketball hmm. if you're projected to go 25th overall you should not go to the nba that's Uh, that's that's not (laughs) that's not in the lottery uh which is like at the top 13 14 and i think that's part of the issue too and you know i i I talk of you know what i've experienced and dak prescott the quarterback for the dallas cowboys when i was at mississippi state he would always say he got his master's Mm -hmm. at mississippi state he stayed four years uh well actually five years because he redshirted his first year went through the the uh, summer programs. And it's actually probably would be a great story of how many starting quarterbacks in the NFL have a master's degree. Right. Um, But he said, football is my fallback. You know, I I, I don't want to go out there and not have, and a lot of times players, as we talk about, you know, the NBA and the big bad NBA and the big bad NFL players also have to like be smart and listen to smart people in terms of the odds of (laughs) making it to the NFL and the nba are not very good and even when you get there it doesn't mean you're going to have a productive career to you know live off of that so you have to make sound decisions for yourself regardless of what they're paying you or not yeah you i have to, the sport should be the fallback Yeah, I mean, that sort of contradicts your – just to play devil's advocate here, it sort of contradicts your point that college isn't for everybody, athletes included, you know? Right. No, it it isn't for everybody. It's not for John Wall. It's not for Anthony Davis. It's not for LeBron James. That dude at 25th overall, basketball is probably his career. Well, right now – and he can hey he can do what he wants. I sure, mean, sure. It's also worth noting that I think like the Brandon Jennings argument we made earlier, where Brandon Jennings because he didn't go to college has a stigma. That kid could be one of the top five guards in this draft, and he's being undervalued. He's not he's not a slack recruit. I believe he's like a top fifteen recruit in the class of twenty eighteen. He's just not going to college. And he he is, but the, I, I would say the difference between that is is he's still playing against high school talent, where. The guys in college, you get to see how, you know, how they're matching up. Sure. Because it's a different – and I do think basketball is entirely different because the NFL, it's – and again, the NFL and college football have a monopoly on themselves. Right. There is very good basketball in Europe, in Asia – you can make a really good living over there. Yeah, you can, regardless. So this, so I do. So your point in that sense is, so even if he's drafted twenty fifth, and hey, he, maybe he's an all star, maybe he's not. There is a future in basketball beyond the United States if you're willing to. I mean, if you're willing and, to do it, I mean, we're talking like six, seven figures. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. If you, you go to a like really, the, a really good Spanish team or uh, definitely China, you can make millions. And of And it's dollars. been a few years; uh, stuff covered uh, some people going over in Europe and mm-hmm. such. But the the players who I have spoken to who have. Played in Europe, they do say American players get paid a little bit more because you, the Dream Team. You know, yeah. the, the America is where the best basketball is, so there's just this this perception that yeah, you must be really good because the you know, culture you're of basketball is innately American. Mm-hmm. Cause, yeah, so all right, well we're we're about forty five minutes in, and um, let, let's change the change the pace a little bit. Let's talk. Uh, as, as I said, it's my favorite day of the year mike's not favorite day of the year no, but there's <laughs> a lot of days there's a lot of days we're there's talking about days christmas opening day for baseball it's hyperbole mike for god's sake yeah you're, you're yeah you're sounding like uh, if there are any mississippi people here or listening um, um and we've had a good friend brian haydad on the on the on the have, pod, friend of the pod indeed. you're very much like him and i would always crush his hopes like that and he'd be like hyperbole mike get <laughs> get over your smile smile have some fun with your life oh man i'm just trying to be factual Okay. Well, that's that's fair. I'm going to go ahead and keep speaking on hyperbole because the University of Kansas tips off in about two hours, which should tell you when we're recording this pod as well. But um, let's talk through, uh, Mike came up with an idea that I thought was really good about rather than like going through, oh, what's the 12-5 upset, nobody cares games. about your bracket at all. No. no. Stop no, no. posting on social media. Stop telling me how I don't care. Right. Just fill it out, have fun, enjoy yourself. I, I do I'm interested in your final four. I, I am kinda of oh who you have winning it all. Right. But I don't need to see all <laughs> every single game that you I picked. don't need to see who you got when in loyal right. like. uh the reason why I stopped filling out brackets was because people it just got too much. Like, oh man, I need this team because are you you're not it's not gonna be perfect. Just enjoy the just game. Just enjoy the game. It's it's an incredible your, season. Your bracket is not gonna be perfect. And just like everybody else. Right. So in the spirit of that, um, let's go through this. Mike, who who you got in your final four? Uh, My final four is uh, from the south, Cincinnati, from the east, just to make you happy, uh, Wichita State, shout out. I mm, know that mm, was a, mm, a huge happy pick for you. In yeah. um, the Midwest, I did not pick Kansas, which is not a good happy thing for you. I didn't pick a Man, so. I, now like, I think we're going to get into games we'd want to see. I'd you love to, to see, see, see Kansas, Wichita, Wichita State. State yeah, yeah, just for you. We I could would. have like a, like a live pod for that game. If uh, that but, happens, we'll, we'll do something. <laughs> out of the Midwest, I actually have Michigan State. And out of the West, I have North Carolina. Okay, so our brackets are not all that similar, I suppose. I, I got Zona UNC coming out of the South and the West side One for two. too, and then I got uh, Nova and playing Duke. And so to, to jumpstart maybe our games, we would love to see my championship game in my bracket is my dream game of this year. This year we've been hearing about two guys. We've been hearing about well, we've been hearing about three guys, but Trey Young's <laughs> not going to make it out of the first round, so sorry Oklahoma. We've been hearing about two guys, Marvin Bagley and deandre Ayton. how great of not often in, in ncaa basketball do we get like the perfect yeah. ending arizona duke would be the absolute best possible ending to this year we get the two great two of the best college basketball players in the last five years going head to head against each other that'd be incredible deandre Ayton, marvin bagley in the championship i hope that happens i have a few games that i'm looking forward to uh Start off early, uh, Kentucky. All well, I, that I hope happen. Mm-hmm. I guess because these aren't, these aren't first these, things need to happen. When, right. Uh, Virginia, Kentucky, I think would be an interesting matchup because you have Kentucky's athleticism okay. versus Virginia's defense. They're just known for their defense and how younger players face off against a really strong defense. And mm-hmm. basketball is one of the only games where good offense beats good defense. So just, sure. that's an interesting matchup. Michigan State, Duke. Uh, that's just. well i I guess the entire midwest if you get michigan state duke or michigan state kansas those are blue bloods against blue bloods which is really fun to watch and um i think the other one that kind of popped out and this is a second round game so we're really kind of getting smaller but Mm -hmm. uh purdue butler just because i think you have a butler team that's 10th and Purdue's two but they're both uh i believe both indiana schools right yeah yeah yeah. and so you have a a power conference indiana team from purdue and a small mid-major from butler and i always like to see how those because more than likely the butler kids weren't recruited to go to purdue and now there's that chip on the shoulder and i like to see how that how that always plays out which is interesting because butler's had more success than purdue recently yeah so probably like that stigma of like oh so recently yeah maybe that has changed but i just it's always interesting when school from the same state play but one's power yeah. one's been major i uh just one ever. so the big if you if you listen to pundits the big people talk a lot about who could be kemba walker who could be uh, shabazz napier famous yukon players who who sort of led their middling teams to a championship despite all odds if you will the perfect cinderella story yukon isn't in it so then no one can be yukon's not in it <laughs> I would so the hot pick to do that this year is Colin Sexton of Alabama. I watched them play in the SEC tournament. They did not look very good against Kentucky. However, I would love to let's say hypothetically Alabama beats Virginia Tech. I'd love to see that Villanova game. I'm going to withdraw your Shabazz Napier and Kemba Walker statement and say who's going to be the Ali Farouk Manesh? Oh, God! Of this. So tournament. now we got we're picking we're going mid major here. No, I'm just – I don't really care. I just wanted to bring that up for you. Okay. Ali right. Farouk Manesh. Oh, so you just pointer. wanted to – okay. Yeah, I just yeah, wanted yeah. to throw that out there for the, the people sure. who don't know uh, sure, Montana sure. being a well, Buck, Kansas Well, Bucknell's in the tournament too Just this year. totally ignoring We got Bucknell. We got <laughs> – no, that's another big uh, – I believe that was the Wayne Simeon team that lost to Bucknell. That was quite the heartbreaker in the first round. Um. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much – What do you have winning it? I don't think we said Who do that. I have winning the whole yeah. time? I got Arizona. I uh, I think if Arizona can actually, like, Arizona's far and away the most talented team. So I have another game that I'm looking forward to, Arizona, North Carolina. Now, again, not looking forward to because we don't know if it'll happen, but I hope it happens just because, no, this is why. You have Arizona winning. I have North Carolina winning. So that will be kind of a a make or break game for our brackets. Not that it really matters. Not that, but, right. But <laughs> for this scenario, for the, the bubble pod, I would kind of like, I don't have, yeah, I don't Now I kind of see you giving me more reason to, I don't have Arizona. We're going to have to watch some games. Yeah. We're going to go down to, to, we'll go down somewhere. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's March Madness season. Some teams bubbles have burst already. Shout out to Arizona state. Shout out to UCLA. Sorry guys. You didn't really make the tournament. Playing game joke. Nope. You're still not there yet. No. All right. Well, I was going to say good luck to your Jayhawks. I hope that you enjoy. You. I'm going to try to enjoy the entire uh, tournament. It should be a good one. This year, I, I will say about the tournament this year, there's a lot of parity. Um, there's no real great team. So it, we should be in store for some upsets, some really close games. I'm going to leave you with this. Mm-hmm. Growing up the, my entire life, I said tournament. Mm-hmm. Like tour tournament and now living across the country since it's more likely pronounced this way i say tournament that's how i say it as well yeah most most people say tournament tour is a northeast philadelphia thing mm-hmm. everywhere else it's tournament so i just in mississippi i would always think of my and in iowa when i was there i would always in my brain i would think tournament like that word would right. specifically right, right. so that's where I'll, that's that's where i'm going to leave you is tournament and tournament well so i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave everyone with a question mike Mike, for those who don't know, Syracuse alum. Syracuse played in a playing game yesterday. Did they win? They did. He knows. All right, he's back. Guys, Mike Bonner's back. I, I had to look it up uh, okay. this morning. <laughs> uh. It was a really good game. It, was, it came down that Arizona State had an open three at the end. No one cares. But yeah, congratulations! I covered the last Arizona State Syracuse tournament game. I saw that. Uh, that was co- so. Everyone go reread Mike's <laughs> article <laughs> no, from no, college. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't. I remember that was that was like one of three on deadline, and it was. Uh, but I do. Th- I I spoke with three. They shall remain nameless. Mm-hmm. But three really well-known college basketball analysts after that game, and they thought James Harden was going to be the biggest NBA bust. Oh boy. after that game because he just You don't want to air him out? Up. No. But I, you guys are lucky Mike's nice. I would air you out. They're good people. Okay. Well, everyone's tuned out now so I guess we'll, we'll call it there, right? Alright. This has been The Bubble Episode 9.5 Thank you to my great co-host Mike Bonner for watching a little bit of NCAA tournament basketball over these next couple of weeks with me. And uh, we hope you'll Thanks have for having back. me. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, you have me back as well, Mike.